you know, I went up to Atlanta for Thanksgiving. Right. And, um, you know, we were driving. It's me and my two little baby cousins. She's fully 22 and 17. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were bored on the drive. You know, we would do some singing. Then when we got tired from singing, we put on a little TV show, right? And we watched a couple of the, the BuzzFeed Unsolved Mysteries. Mm, I didn't even know that was a thing. What? Really? Uh, they had an episode talking about uh, uh, Princess Diana. Mm. And, you know, growing up, my mom was absolutely in love with Princess Diana. My mom still is. And I've never understood why. <laughs> and I'm sure everybody that's listening, I'm sure all y'all parents are obsessed with princess. I don't know why. What did this I saw do? a video. I saw a video where like the mother literally had like their family picture and like a big like blown up <laughs> picture of Princess Diana right next to it. Bro, I don't like, yeah, she was a nice person, but why do why do brown people love her so much? Like, I think know? just because like she did so much for like Bangladesh and like other South Asian countries. It's, but why her? <laughs> like she's like the only person that like supported hi- her and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> anyway, um, it was really interesting. Uh, she died in a car crash. There were a lot of um, a lot of conspiracy theories. I I'm saw bi- her. Um, I saw her site where she passed in Paris. Oh really? Yeah. You, you take a picture there. Show your mom. No, I didn't take a picture there. That's so insensitive. She, she would like to see. Why would I do that? Are you are you a big big conspiracy theorist? Eh, not really. There's a there's this uh there's this uh documentary on YouTube called The New Pearl Harbor and mm. I wanted to watch it on the way to um or on the way back from Atlanta to Orlando. It's a 5-hour documentary and it's a conspiracy documentary about how 9/11 was fake. Mm. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, we should watch it together. <laughs> I'm literally joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're fully serious. Well. Anyways, welcome back to our podcast. Podcast. It's called Difficult Dish. It's a podcast about South Asian narratives, hosted by myself, Mashnoon Munir. And Mohua Khan. First off, we saw our Spotify wrapped. Mm. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy. Listen, yeah. listen, like we're we're humble kings and queens here, right? Right. But our rap was looking quite quite spliffy, I might say. No, you know what? It's crazy because I was looking at our rap from last year when we first started. Like yeah. we had our rap last year after four months, you know, starting. And it was like, you know, brand new. We were listened in like what, twelve countries and we had a few I had like two hundred um minutes of recording and it was nice, you know, and we were so grateful. And then, you know, sometimes you feel like you didn't really make an impact. Sometimes it feels like, you know, you're not really doing anything. And then this year we saw our Spotify wrapped and we're like, wow, you know, seeing it a year later from last year's, it's just wild that like we've actually made an impression. And now we've been heard in like over what, 60 countries? Something like that. But yeah, we are so grateful for you guys for listening and just tuning in every single week. I know you guys were making it a competition and saying like, how many minutes that you actually listen to in our mm. comments so some people were saying like some of y'all have two thousand like three thousand minutes are you okay you don't got like why at that point honestly i listen like to our movie. podcast a lot and i had like two thousand plus minutes of listening to this like if if y'all are on like the 2500 3k mark go go see a doctor that's not Yo, that's, go see that's, a therapist go I, that's I don't, over that's 40 hours of listening to us talk think about that <laughs> me yeah but shoot uh. <laughs> um 
And it's crazy because like for the first like eight to nine months of the whole year, like both of us were super busy. Both of us were doing like all our work stuff and all of our school stuff and trying to balance out the podcast. And I'm really excited for next year because next year is literally the first year where we're going to have just a lot more time and and focus and dedication Mm -hmm. to like actually building the podcast. So if you're here now, thank you. More to come, y'all. More to come. All right. What are we talking about today, y'all? Um, today we're going to be talking about, uh, some of the representation that we've had growing up, mm-hmm. um, some of the negative representation that we've had, some of the positive representation that we had, um, and how it's affected just our relationships with our identity. I mm-hmm. think we did something like this before on like some previous episode. Yeah, we did. Um, we did this briefly in the episode where we talked about how we connect to our roots. I think it's episode mm-hmm. number 43 or something where yeah, we, we talked about, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we talked about how it's easier to, you know, be attached to your roots when you have positive representation around you and some of the things that kind of swayed us away from our culture. But, you know, today we wanted to kind of delve in deeper and do a more in-depth um, analysis of why we <laughs> are the way we are, you yes. know, and things that have helped us over the years you know connect us deeper to our roots yeah you know it's crazy something that i didn't know what um you know the movie my name is khan yes wait before you go further before you go any further um that was a very pivotal movie in my life yeah when Mm -hmm. i first saw that i saw it in theaters how old was i that movie came out you saw it in theaters all right you did i saw it in theaters with me moms and Mm -hmm. man my mom was sorry than that was. That's, that's that movie. If y'all haven't seen that, I've been trying to. That, that movie's not on Netflix or anything. It's somewhere. I don't want to watch it. It's somewhere. That. I watched it recently. If y'all haven't seen that, good. Because is it called My Name Is Khan and I'm, and I'm not a terrorist, or is it just called My Name Is Khan? Oh, just My Name Is Khan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I watched that a few years ago, and I remember watching it. It was like such an emotional Bollywood movie. Have you guys? If you if you don't know, it's by um Shahrukh Khan mm-hmm. and um what's her name's in it yeah oh, gajal's in it gajal oh, is really? in it yeah Damn. she's Damn. the wife but anyway yeah i watched it a while ago obviously it's like one of those really emotional movies where you know shark khan his last name is khan in the movie and you know their son the last name is khan and yeah. basically you know they're treated as like terrorists because of their last name and you know some of you guys might know my last name is also khan <laughs> and you know when i was younger I didn't really have like too many negative experiences with my last name just because I was younger. But, you know, over the years, you know, there is a stereotype that people that look a certain way, if you have a turban on, if you have, you know, facial hair, if you have an ethnic last name, you're going to be randomly searched or you're going to be treated differently. And I have been randomly searched before in the airport. I did when I came back to New York from Paris and when I was going into (laughs) Paris and yeah, it was horrible. But the thing is, is like, it's just so crazy that, you know, you can be treated so negatively based on like what you look like or just like simply your last name, even if you look or if you are American or whatever it is. And I never knew that Shah Rukh Khan is actually the one that, um, not i don't think he directed it or maybe he did but i think he wrote the script or thought of the idea of it and then he starred in it so it's so cool that shahrukh khan you know did something that's actually meaningful and it actually has a message and i think he you know wrote and directed or something so many other movies like that that actually have like impact on people 
But um, yeah, I remember that movie had such a huge like message and impact on me when I was younger, and even when I watched it recently, it's just so crazy that this like so many people's lives, you know. You know what's so crazy? A lot of us did grow grow up with Bollywood movies, but the thing is, since you know Bollywood is like a multi billion dollar franchise, a lot of people outside of South Asia associate south asians as just like bollywood and it's just like indian you know so since a lot of us did you know indulge in that a lot of people also on top of us just think that we're we're just bollywood you know and i think it is a positive representation of us sometimes but a lot of us didn't grow up with like you know, if you're Bangali, like a lot of us didn't grow up with like the Bangla shows or like if you're Nepali yeah, with the Nepali shows and it kind of like, you know, stray, it made us stray away from like our actual direct roots because we felt like the only representation we had was like Hindi movies, you know? Yeah, yeah I remember growing up as like a young teen and when you first start realizing that like, like Bollywood isn't like Bengali culture, you know, like Bollywood mm. isn't like Pakistani culture, like Bollywood is, right. is directly related to like India and, and or Hindi. Um, that like realizing that, I, I think I started searching for like things that were like Bengali growing mm-hmm. up when like 10 years ago when we were like 13, 14 years old, like there wasn't anything that was Bengali. I don't know if you know anything. I mean, you grew up in New York City, you probably like. You were so close to Queens where there were a lot of Bengali people. I didn't really have any of that. You know, like yeah. all I had was Bollywood. And when I got into like like high school and shit and like I was one of the only few brown people that were like really around, I didn't really have like a lot of people to, to look at or like look up to or anything. I mean, luckily I did have the Bollywood, but I also had like the Bangla Natuks, I had the Bangla music and I still listen to that now. So I did have, you know, best of both worlds. Like my dad was more into the Bollywood. My mom was more into like the Bangla movies and shows and everything. So I did have that representation as well. And also all like I had a lot of family members around me that were Bangali and like we just watched all that and I was, you know, in the language and culture. But I think still beyond that i thought that the indian culture or like the bollywood culture was superior where it made me want to you know be indian or like learn hindi and even as of like recently in like the past two years i went to a wedding my best friend's sister's wedding and this was last year where i'm very comfortable with like my bangali culture and like you know being muslim and just being who i am i saw all of these indian people around me and, you know, most of them were Hindu or whatever it is. And their culture is to wear like, you know, brown clothes or lehingas. And it would be like the shorter tops and like the lehingas that are more like um, poofy. And like yeah. for Muslim people or like Pakistani, um, Bangli people, we wear like the longer lehinga tops with like the skirt and everything. Right. And I felt like so out of place because you can tell that I was an Indian with the way that mm. I was looking. And that's such a simple thing, but it's just so crazy that, like, you know, the representation in media growing up and, like, even me being surrounded by Indian people in high school, it just, like, made me, you know, inadvertently try to be like that. And I thought that was, like, the cooler thing. Um, So it's, like, it's just so crazy what, like, the lack of representation can do, you know? You know, I I think about when I was younger, I think I just became so normalized to the fact that I'm literally 
like i am the only bengali like i am the only muslim and i have mm. to live with the reality that like nobody's gonna understand like i remember growing up i would try to i would try to um explain like what what ramadan is and what fasting is and i didn't learn the word fasting till i was like 13 years old like i just called it, it roja. Like roja. Like, roja. i've told you this like literally yeah, teachers would tell me like ask me why i'm not eating i would tell them i'm rojaing and and i i didn't i didn't know what the word fasting meant and like i never knew how to explain eid i never knew how to explain ramadan because nobody really explained it to me like mm-hmm. my parents were just kind of like like oh this is what we do and and that's that and right. i think like me being so absent-minded to like what it even was and and where it even came from i didn't go out of my way to to learn what any of it was because i was like oh i don't have anybody to like share these things with you know it's just Mm -hmm. like kind of me and i think like obviously i didn't i didn't have anybody to like look at or look up to when i was younger so a lot of like the negative stereotypes was was really like all i got like i used to get made fun of all the time in in like uh, middle school and early high school and called like all this shit and i didn't really know what to say and i didn't really have anybody yeah. to back me up and i couldn't really back myself up because i didn't really know what to say because mm-hmm. i never went out of my way to learn about it you know so right. i think um i think a lot of kids a lot of brown kids when like they're at that early age like are very impressionable to to what the people around them are saying and if you don't grow up with people that look like you and that have the same values and traditions as you do um it could it could mess you up when you get closer towards like early adulthood and it, and it yeah. did mess me up like i'm thinking about you know in elementary school the types of representation that we had in media and how negative it was because it's like there was just such negative stereotypes that were enforced in media that like you know represented brown people or like indian people like my first thought is just like from the show jesse on disney ravi Mm -hmm. right and it's just like so crazy because it's like ravi in real life the actor he does not have an accent he's like fully american and it's like in their role does it say that he has to like have an accent like is that like a thing that he has to have and it's like you learn to just fake an accent for the audience like comic mm-hmm. comic relief you know and it's like he was a stereotypical brown boy you know he was wearing like a freaking banjabi in the house and like he had an accent and it's just like you know it's just so crazy that like we had that as young kids you know i, I think the accent is one thing but i think in the early stages of trying to build some representation i think it's important to make them kind of stereotypical like not stereotypical in like a bad way but like showcase them as what a normal brown kid a normal brown boy at that age does Mm -hmm. and it's them like running around like what they're wearing at home what they're doing and like even if it isn't delivered in the best way i think about like apu from the simpsons like Mm -hmm. as much as it makes fun of like brown people i also think it's like pretty realistic for like you you walk into a gas station you walk into a deli and like the reality is that like you know like there are a lot of brown people that run these things and apu wasn't like a he wasn't like a a bad character like like he was like he was a good human in in that series and so i think growing up i used to look at these characters and i used to get mad like oh they're just making fun of like they're just like making fun of what i am but it's like 
I don't know. Maybe there's like a conversation to have of like, are the are these characters really bad if they are just actually being like showing like a realistic version of? But I think it us. perpetrates the stereotypes and it shows them only in the stereotype that we already believe in, and that just like furthers the the stereotype in um, real life where people just assume that brown people only run gas stations or just taxi drivers or they just all have accents. Yeah, it's like a good way to introduce brown people in media and i think it was needed even though it like perpetrated negative stereotypes stereotypes <laughs> but i think it just like was negative at the end of the day you know maybe maybe at like face front it looks bad but like i've never heard any bad things about like apu like even when like people would bring it up to me it was never in like a hurtful way it was always just in like a it was always seen as like comedic, you know, and, mm. and maybe maybe it just it's like where you come from and like the way that people interpret different things. But like when I s- used to see these characters and like same with like Baljeet from from Phineas and Ferb, I can mm. see how it could have a negative impact on on kids growing up. But like, I honestly think they kind of helped me, you know, because like it was just like something for people to see other than like being called a terrorist i think that's what it was i think i literally started from like step one which was <laughs> like so sad which is like terrorist right and so it's right. like anything can help me <laughs> whether it's baji <laughs> or, so or no but but for real i think i think that's the reality for a lot of brown right. kids um brown kids right. that don't grow up with brown people i think it, anything could help me you know mm-hmm. and like yeah i think things like that did did really help me and it just gave me something to latch on to like mm-hmm. my dad used to have a gas station right so like i saw a poo and i was like this is so real <laughs> that's my dad <laughs> like, this, that's like my dad. this is my father <laughs> you know so maybe that's kind of like the demographic that these like production companies were aiming for or maybe they were trying to just perpetuate a stereotype i don't know i feel like i feel like it was just them kind of trying to make the show more diverse and just you know kind of throwing in a bone to have brown people to latch on to or people of color to latch on to but like think about how nice it would have been if there was like a brown princess growing up or like a brown I mean, we, main we character in a show you know we have i mean we we did have them like Ooh. aladdin jasmine yeah but that's the thing <laughs> people <laughs> when they see a brown person they're like ah you look like jasmine so it's like, yeah, it's a good thing that there are brown, like, representations, but, like, it's either, like, they're horribly stereotyped, or then there's, like, one positive representation, and then you're just associated with that one positive representation, you know? But I, I get what you're saying, but I think back in, like, the early days, we saw mm-hmm. it. Like, it was, we saw it differently. Like, for example, do you remember FussyTube? yeah like oh, i used Fousey to love him. Tu- first videos were just him impersonating his mom and being like yeah lily Arab moms too. are like and and lily, lily sings. sings yeah and like nowadays maybe pe- somebody uploads that and like they Make might get exactly but i think back then like that's that's kind of where we had to start and right. i used to love fussy tube you know like mm-hmm. i used to, even though i was an arab like there were a lot of similarities right um and and like you said, you know, if somebody posts that like even things, like just rain, air- I love just rain. <laughs> exactly, and it's like you know you wouldn't say the same thing about them, but they are also just perpetuating a stereotype. You know, yeah. maybe just like. But I think it's because it's a brown person doing it. It's not like a white person doing it. You know. Do you know I if the voice I, was? Do you know if the voice of those brown characters were brown, or if they're they're white? I'm not sure actually. 
like the voice I feel like of they like might Rob, have been white, honestly. <laughs> the voice of like Apu and everyone. Yeah. You know what? I'm a. Well, let's do a little. I'm, quick I'm, I'm gonna search it up right now. Give me a second. <laughs> so I just googled it. He is um he is a white man. <laughs> who who? Um, his name is Hank. Who? <laughs> Hank Azaria. For which character? Apu. Oh, Apu. But fun fact: Did you know that Apu's last name is? Nahasa Pima Petilon. <laughs> Just like that? It's, it's, on, it's on Google. In case you want to know. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting. We had those negative forms of, you know, representation. But, like, it was some representation, so we ate it up. But yeah. then I think about, like, the whitewashed forms or, like, the Eurocentric features that brown people had in representation of that brown people in representation had yeah like like Evan jogia beck from victorious or mohini from lemonade mouth you know or like zayn malik we ate those characters up because that was like the first i guess first people in media that actually were like eurocentrically attractive and Mm -hmm. like they were positive or maybe they just weren't like they weren't popular just because they were brown you know like people didn't like Zayn Malik because he's like Pakistani. People liked him because he made good music and like he was good looking. People right. liked Beck from Vic- Victorious because he was a good character. I didn't even know he was brown until I was like twenty one. Who? I, Beck from Victorious. Oh really? I literally didn't. He did not look brown. What is he? Exactly. That's the thing. They yeah. don't look brown conventionally yeah, yeah, brown. Yeah. So people yeah. ate that up, and white people also liked them. And I think that was like the first time where it's like oh okay maybe brown people are like attractive to white people as well maybe we aren't ugly maybe we aren't like just the stereotype that people make us to be and i think that's what people latched on to especially in like what 2010s era Mm -hmm. and i think that was like the first time where i was like oh okay maybe we're more than just like what people see us as you know who did who did like brown women have i don't even know like who did you look when you in 2010 yeah, when you got to like 17, 18, 19, just like Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Priyanka Chopra, like Bollywood actors that were pretty like whitewashed. But like, Not uh, whitewashed, yeah, but like apart from Bollywood. Is there anybody? I don't even know. <laughs> no way, I have nothing in I'm my so brain right so, now. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, what you have? Spot. Like you said, Zane, Zane Maui. But like besides that. I saw. <laughs> what else did I do? <laughs> Yeah, there's no one. Like, I can't really think of anyone. I'm right sure there. I mean, you had, like, Lily Singh. Yeah, but I think at that time, Lily Singh was not as popular because people started realizing mm-hmm. that you shouldn't make fun of people to, like, be famous. Yeah. You know who I did really like? Uh, what the hell was her name? Not Lily Singh, but the other brown girl that came from YouTube. Bro, you know who I'm talking about. No. I loved her video. Shit. <laughs> Give me a second. Clearly. Oh, Liza. Liza Kochi. Oh, Liza Koshi. Koshi. But yeah. even she's half white. Oh, is she? She doesn't yeah. look half white, though. She looks brown. She's cool. I love her video. She was funny. Funny goose. She's a goose. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, like, thinking about how that even came in, like, what, 2010, 2011. We ate that mm-hmm. up. But, like, before then, since we had no brown representation, I used to think I was, like, so close, closely related to, like, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> you know? Or, like, Hannah Montana. Mm. selena gomez you know we both got black hair (laughs) (laughs) both girls we're both girls 
<laughs> that's like that's the representation that I ate up. Yeah. You know, now that I think of it, obviously we didn't have a lot of brown representation, but I I think people don't give Shah Khan enough credit. They give him a lot of credit, but I think he was literally like he's the only person that I think a lot of people looked at and was like, okay, this one person in the entire world is is showing me that like I can do something else. You know, like obviously there are like the subsidiarities that are just like not as popular as him, but it's so crazy that that man was literally the one person, the one pillar of of light and hope for mm. every brown skinned person in the world that you can possibly do something more. I mean, he's the biggest pioneer for, you know, in media, especially Bollywood media. Imagine having like that much weight on your shoulders. That must be so crazy. Yeah. We're getting Shah Rukh Khan on the podcast one day. I'm going to talk yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah uncle um you know did you ever watch the movie um life of pi or slumdog million yes oh man we didn't even talk about i feel like those were Dave like the Patel, two bro. movies those were the two movies that really like made it big in yeah, western slumdog, media like slumdog hollywood media a big one yeah and mm-hmm. that's what like brought brown people to not the, that's not the only thing but that's one of the movies that like brought brown people to the forefront when did slumdog millionaire come out Maybe like 2014 i might yeah, be totally something wrong around i don't then. know that was a big moment a yeah big big moment yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i love dave patel i wonder what he's yeah dev patel is a good one mm-hmm. good, good man we'll have him on the podcast too sorry. <laughs> 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 so we're gonna have one wait is it dev patel yeah what the him on some dark millionaire that's his name y- yeah what do you think about you're making me feel so dumb. Is it not him? Oh, it is. Yes, yes. Oh, I was about to say, come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was on Sunday Millionaire. Like, Lion. Lion was a big one. I think Lion mm. wasn't as popular as Slumdog Millionaire, but it really deserves to be because that movie was, man, that's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It used to be on Netflix. I don't think it's on mm-hmm. Netflix anymore. Yeah, that was a good one. I I cried at that movie. Yeah, me too. In the very end. It, yeah, I think that was one of the yeah, only ones. Yeah, ended. That I was like. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know i'm like so jealous of the people that have you know like the south asian marvel character now the superhero and now yeah. we have a bridgerton where them being brown isn't even like at the forefront them being famous isn't even because they're brown it's just because they're main characters for once in hollywood and it's just like it makes you feel so much more beautiful and confident and also just having like brown dolls you know, yeah. do you remember when Toys R Us and like all these toy stores were just filled with the white Barbies, blonde hair Barbies? Yeah. And now like I can actually give a brown doll or a black doll to my baby cousin and she can mm-hmm. feel represented. Like small things like that. It's just so th- sad that we didn't have that growing up. But now I'm I'm so happy that the younger generation has that and they can look up to something like that. I remember like one day I walked into Sephora with my sister when I was like 16 and I looked at like the foundation aisle and they had like this one company. I don't, it was like one of the big companies. I don't know which one. And they had like 50 different shades. And literally like the first 40 <laughs> shades were just like pink white. to white. Like pink right. to white. And then like 40 to 45 is like just brown. And then 45 to 50 is black. It was black. All the way black. Like, <laughs> how do you have 40 shades of white? <laughs> yeah i mean that was a big problem until like recently i think in the past like three four years fenty beauty you know introduced like various shades of browns and then 
I know like um, other beauty brands started following that. But that was like a very big thing. I remember back in the day, it was very hard for me to like find the right undertone, let alone like the right shade. And I would just kind of take like a close enough brown and just like mix it in with my skin tone and mix it with water thinking that would like dilute it. And it's just like even even like beauty creators and YouTubers back in the day, like we ate up Just Rain and FouseyTube and Lily Singh and all this and that. But I remember just watching white creators on YouTube. I posted about it on my Instagram the other day. I used to just watch like Bethany Moda or like uh, Mandy. And it's just like, I never thought that the YouTube space could be filled with brown creators. And yeah. like now here I am, you know? And it's just like crazy that we didn't have that growing up. And now luckily we have that representation. And like yeah, you- me, me and you are like making that representation, you know? And it's just like wild how you know, the lack of representation just like really makes you feel like invisible and unseen and you yeah. feel like you can't do more than what you have been told that you can do in the world, you know? I think me walking to Sephora that one day was really like, like there are just things in life that like you never forget. Like I won't ever forget just seeing that and being like, yo, what? Yeah. Like, ha- like it didn't process in my head how there's 40 for this, but five of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really crazy like young me really held that blonde wig to heart like i really (laughs) thought i was hannah montana i had like obviously she was like a big phenomenon back in the day for every single person but like i had her mic like i was i had her blonde wig like i really thought like damn i'm hannah montana (laughs) and it's like girly you just need a brown skinned girly to like make you feel seen and that's all i needed and you know, I feel sad for her, but, you know, we how, are where we are. How do you feel about um, kind of pivoting? I just want your opinion. How do you feel yeah. about, like, the Little Mermaid being Halle Berry now? Like, being a black girl? I love that. I love that. First of all, I don't know why there are so many people that are oppressed, especially white people, because she's literally a mermaid, a fish. She's an imaginary, like, animal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Or- I see white people that are like, <laughs> I, she looks nothing like what what i grew up nothing she's a fish she looks nothing she's a fish like you you concentrated that much on her white skin she looks nothing like the little (laughs) it's crazy that's like people saying like um what's that princess's name the black one tiana yeah princess tiana man i love that movie the one that kissed the frog yeah she looks nothing like what you grew up with (laughs) well first of all she kissed a frog he turned into a prince yeah i would hope that you didn't see that in real life (laughs) you know and it's like yeah no shit you didn't see any of this growing up because it's all imaginary but like think about how happy like i've seen so many videos of little girls and boys and everyone just like being so happy when they saw like the black princess and like the black mermaid and just seeing finally themselves on television and i don't know i would i would be ecstatic if i saw that as a little girl you know man i love like like ethnic disney movies so Mm. much i think like i know they've been going on for a long time but man like those movies just like whether it's like coco whether it's oh my god like Coco and Turning Red. Yeah, Turning Red, Coco. Man, that shit makes me... And I can't... I wish, like, I saw Coco when I was, like, six years old. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was Mexican. I feel like that would, like, 
literally make me the happiest kid in the world. And I can't imagine the six-year-old Mexican that saw Coco and how happy he must have gotten, you know? You know, I literally watched that as like a 23-year-old, I think. And I was so emotional and i was like letting my inner child free by watching that and i was just like so proud that other kids have that now because like imagine me like crying as a 23 year old and just being so happy to see something represented like that you know yeah so wild because i feel like even like i just finished watching um gilmore girls right and it's such Mm -hmm. an iconic show and there's a character in it her name is lane and she's like the asian east asian friend in the show the best friend And her mom is like the stereotypical Asian mom where she's very controlling, doesn't want her to marry outside of like the East Asian race. And, you know, it's a good representation because, yeah, there are Asian parents like that. My parents were also like that. But also it kind of just like builds on the stereotype that like Asians are just controlling and like, you know, they don't let you have like your freedom of choice and all these things. And it just kind of perpetrates that negative stereotype, which is like... There's more than that, you know, like Lane ends up being like a musician and obviously her mom opens up to her, you know, being in like a rock band and things like that, but also shows how like, you know, you have to like fight for who you want to marry or fight for like what you want to do. And yeah, that's the reality for a lot of people, but also it's like such a negative stereotype that a lot of us grew up with. Um, But again, it is nice to have like an East Asian best friend in such a popular TV show. But yeah, I'm just so happy that like kids and people have like such a positive representation now you know if if you can name like two or like three people who have had like a pivotal part of shaping how you how you see representation in our community who do you who would you think it'd be first person hands down is nabila like i think she is one of you know the front runners of beauty creators and influencers in um like the brown community people that have like succeeded beyond like anyone you know especially since she is brown and she didn't fit the conventional beauty standard back then um and i think it's like my story is so closely similar to hers because you know her dad was a taxi driver she didn't have a lot of money growing up her parents you know used to work at a restaurant And um, it's just so crazy and so inspirational to see where she is now and how much influence she has on people and how much she has helped her parents and just her journey with like infertility and everything. It's just so amazing how vulnerable she is. And it's just really nice to see such a positive influence in society to more than just brown people. Like, you know, she has helped so many people beyond just brown. Um, And I think it's nice to see like, the good and the bad things that she's gone through and i think it's it it has really helped a lot of people including me and um it's really nice to have positive influences especially if you're a brown person and you're seeing you're seeing another brown person succeed because it gives you that motivation to actually succeed yourself and you have like a frame of reference you know who's who's yours um honestly the first person that i thought of was uh was farhan i remember mm. i remember when i would walk around well you like, have to say who farhan is come on I'm, I'm going into it oh okay go ahead go ahead when i would uh when i'd walk into like barnes and noble i used to live right behind a barnes and noble i'd go in there literally every single day um 
I used to go in there. I used to just like walk around like the young adults aisle and like the poetry aisle. And I would always look at poetry books and they'd all look the same. They've all had like the same names. They all kind of look the same. They And they were never really poetry books meant for like, like they never separated them from like men and women. But you can kind of look at a book and you can kind of tell like who this was made for, like who it was written by. I never yeah. really saw male names. I never saw like, you know, all of them were just very like bright and flowery and Mm-hmm. the flowers and the rain and title like that right. and i never really saw like male authors mm-hmm. but i remember um yeah and i came across um a book titled sincerely it was a black cover i didn't really see mm-hmm. a lot of black cover books and it was by a lad named fs yusuf mm-hmm. and i saw the name yusuf and i was like hey yo I've never seen a poetry book by someone named Yusuf. I'm sure there was, but this is my first time seeing one. And right. I got so happy and I opened it and I saw like the, the name FSU Yusuf. I didn't know if it was like a, a man and woman. I think I assumed it was a man. And man, I just got so happy. I didn't even read the book. I didn't read anything. I, I don't think I opened the book. I'm pretty sure I literally just bought it because of his name. Mm-hmm. And that's so powerful. <laughs> and yeah. I'm sure like there's so many people that... um that did the exact same thing that that I did that literally didn't I didn't care about what the book was about bro it literally could have been anything was that your first introduction to like brown writers in in um like writing yeah really yeah the yeah. first mem- the first memorable one when I picked it up and I I still remember like that moment like it was yesterday you know and and his his uh, author name is FS Yusuf his name is Farhan um he's and he's, I hear besties with him He's a he's an author of four poetry books. I came across yeah. his first one a couple years ago, and me coming across his book and looking up a picture of his face and seeing that he was like a young Pakistani man from New Jersey. I was like, bro, like mm-hmm. I got so happy. And like yeah. honestly, I didn't even really read through the book until like a couple years later. <laughs> like, yeah. I wasn't even interested in reading the book. Like, respectfully, I just loved seeing that there was a a brown male right. writer. And and that really pushed me to make my book, you know, so that's the first question I thought of. No, it's so interesting because I think growing up, we only had really, you know, Rupi Kaur and she was like the forefront oh, yeah, of yeah, brown yeah, yeah. art artists in, in poetry. And, you know, honestly, I haven't really read her work besides like the things that I've seen on Tumblr, you know, passing by. But I remember how excited I was to finally be introduced to brown writers and south asian writers or just ethnic writers in in um in books and honestly this year was my first year to finally be introduced to them and i had like a big like even now i just finished a south asian book i had a big big like era with just reading and indulging in all of these ethnic books and having experiences that these uh, these authors and like these characters have had that i've had and um it's such a powerful experience to finally like be representate be representation be represented in like all forms and finally like read something that you've gone through and like finally see something that you've gone through in like and they have like the good and the bad you know they don't just represent the bad and it's just really empowering as well it motivates you as a writer as an artist as a person in general and it's it's i recommend it to everyone if you guys like reading please read some south asian books like watch some south asian movies whatever it is but it's so empowering so nice speaking of uh speaking of you know 
the arts and entertainment. Um, how you feel about Indian matchmaking? You know, all right, I got some thoughts. So <laughs> Mushoon and I have watched it, right? We watched season one. We were watching. S- I liked season one. Season one. I was, was entertained. I was entertained. Not that it, I was. I, think I, liked, liked, I was entertained. I liked season one. I think both me and you liked it because it was like something new and like you know we've never had a show like that before. And then yeah. season two, eh, yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't up to standard. With we season we one. stopped watching because we, we just stopped watching. I like Indian matching matchmaking because mm-hmm. it's like a nice introduction to like you know th- like Love Island or like those like love shows that are all over Netflix like the reality TV that we all mm-hmm. love. It's like the first brown introduction. But I think obviously there are still some like negative brown representations in the show where like you know Simanti is like this person that like doesn't want the woman to have like someone strong. She assumes that like the woman can have like a hundred percent of all their requirements, which is not true, girlies. Like, girlie, don't settle just because they have seventy percent. Don't settle until you have that a hundred percent. Anyway, because I got that a hundred percent. Wow. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> whoa. whoa. Um, also, just I don't know. There's like a a thing. There's this, there's a stereotype that brown people have to still have like that arranged marriage and like you know you can't really date around as a woman because you have to like go for that man right after meeting them. Even if there's like a I don't know. There's like a weird tone to it. I think it's a good introduction, and it's like a modern take on like arranged marriages or like you know indian matchmaking and like bio datas and all that but i feel like there are still some underlying tones where like if other people outside of the south asian culture watched it they would still have kind of like negative yeah i think i think non-brown people watching it (laughs) might feel some type of way about (laughs) it we see it as entertainment and like and like some of it hits home like we all have like people who might be in like their 30s who like aren't married or are are, like struggling to find a partner and Mm -hmm. you know we relate to to that on that aspect but um yeah for non-brown people it might be a little bit a little bit silly yeah all right you want to move on to the thing with jig wait before we move on one more person that i just want to highlight um who i came across at the perfect time and has really had such like a silent but very impactful um influence on my life is Hassan Minaj when I came across Mm, your first Netflix special um just seeing that story told in that way especially at the time of my time I was in my life I might have been like 19 maybe 20 when when it came out I watched it man like I was smiling the whole time I was just I can't I can't express how happy that shit made me I didn't realize how much it affected me until like the the weeks like afterward Mm -hmm. um seeing that shit seeing how how much of a regular guy he is but how mm-hmm. much how proudly he he represents brown people yeah and you saw like um the homecoming king right in person yeah king's gesture i saw it in person i was, th- I was oh, three king's i was gesture. three ro- i was three rows from the front i had a little monologue in my in my phone set up in case he looks at me <laughs> i had this whole thing i had because but before before the show um i had did they take away your it. phone yeah, but I had it memorized. Before the show, I had DM'd him um, the morning of. I was like, hey, um, I live like five blocks from where you're performing. Um, if you don't have any plans, I right. would love to. Like, Why would he have plans? I would love to cook for you and like right. get coffee with you. Um, he didn't reply, obviously. Right. Right. Um, but I had this whole thing set up where if he made eye contact with me, 
Right. You know, because I was sitting pretty close to the front. I was was sitting pretty close to the front, right? So there might have been a chance that he was going to look at me and talk to me. So I had this whole thing set up where, like, he looked at me and I was going to tell him, I was like, oh, you didn't DM me back. And then he would have said, he would say, oh, what did you say? And then I was going to say that I I said I was going to cook for you. And then he would say, oh, what were you going to make me? And then I was going to say, oh, probably some quesadillas. And then he was going to say something like, oh, no brown food. And then I was going to say, did you know how to cook brown food when you were 23? And then he would have laughed and I would have laughed. And then the show would have went on. It didn't happen, but I had it all planned out. (laughs) (laughs) What I like about him is that actually he's actually trying to like bring awareness to brown issues and people of color issues through comedy, you know, a good comedy. I love comedy. I love comedy. I'm going to be a comedian. I'm actually going to a comedy club today. Anyway, South Asian. We're getting we're getting Has, we're getting Hassan Minaj on the podcast. One day. <laughs> we're getting the Hassan whole South Minaj, Asian community. and who's the Dev other one? Zayn Malik, Dave Patel. No, Dave Patel. <laughs> we're getting all of these goddamn people on the podcast. All right. So as you guys know, we respond to your guys' responses on our Instagram. You can obviously send it in before we record our podcast every single week. So make sure to follow us at Difficult Dish on Instagram, and we might bring up your response in our episodes right as well follow us on our tiktok at difficult dish podcast yeah. because we pop off on our social yeah. media join know? early join early yeah. before we get too big and massive and don't, uh, don't pay attention to you guys anymore. go on don't say that someone said i definitely wish i had more guidance when it comes to career i switched from the science field damn man you know like we didn't even talk was, about that yeah i was i was talking throughout this episode i was like man we can literally talk about this for hours and yeah. like the, all the career shit is stuff that we didn't even talk about yeah. i was blessed to have my older sister who gave me a lot of career advice but i can't imagine where i'd be if i didn't have her yeah we didn't even talk about like the whole career aspect and having positive forms of representation in media where the people are beyond just like the stereotypical jobs that we grew up with right like the doctor yeah. lawyer engineer although those are good jobs um also like the taxi driver gas station we didn't really have anything beyond that and so we always felt like or i'm speaking for myself we felt like we couldn't make space in other fields beyond just those things and i think it like doesn't really motivate us to you know like like what i said we didn't really see beauty creators and on youtube we didn't see like artists so that really prevented us from actually pursuing those paths because we felt like those paths were only made for white people right even me only having white teachers growing up i finally had like my first black um professor in college i had an asian teacher in high school english teacher right and like those things we hold on to even though we get it so much later in life and that's like what motivates us but like we don't have it really growing up especially in like the early 2000s i didn't have that you know so like even me doing my master's in teaching and being a student teacher that was brown and like bring representation to that one brown fourth grade boy and he was Bangladeshi it was it just like meant so much to me and also him because it's like it really helps other kids feel more represented first but also finally have someone that they can speak to that understands their troubles and understands their problems you know yeah and I think it's such a nice I forgot who the researcher is um but it's like having a window to yourself you know having having a way to like reach or i don't even know what it is but like seeing yourself through a window you know if you need some career advice 
and don't have any brown faces to look at, I highly suggest uh, LinkedIn Learning. They have a lot of brown faces that give a lot of really good advice. And mm. honestly, even even YouTube. YouTube, there are a lot of BIPOC creators that create content solely for BIPOC people looking to gain more career advice and career growth. I wish I had those tools when I was growing up. I recently learned about LinkedIn Learning when I was um, in college. I great, didn't, I didn't know about that. Yeah, check those out. All right. So another response that we got, they said, felt like I could never be loved romantically or be possible for someone else of my race. Oh, sorry. Felt like I could never be loved romantically or be possible for someone of my race race to be desirable because we were always seen as nerdy, weird, and smelly, and our accents were pre- and our accents were portrayed as ugly. Damn, that's a deep one. Yeah, it's true. Did you feel like that? Yeah, I felt like that. I told you, like the only reason that we had those role models of like Zayn Malik and Naomi Scott from Lemonade Mouth and Avin Jogia is because. They were finally like the first attractive brown people, you know, and that's when you're like, oh, okay, maybe I can be also attractive to other people besides just brown people or just brown people in general. Yeah, and it it like hits you hard, you know. When and you're you younger, you always hear like, the you always hear the oh you you're attractive for for a brown person, you're attractive for a brown mm-hmm. girl, brown guy. Yeah, that's why so many people in like high school or college they kind of go crazy because. You know, usually they are in like a wider pool of people with different ethnicities and like they're seen as exotic or like they finally get a little bit of attention from someone that's not brown and they love that, you know, like I feel like a lot of us get that and they a lot of us feel accepted when we have that sort of attention, you know? Yeah. All right. You ready to close off this episode? Yeah, this has been a long one. Sorry, mm-hmm. you guys. We yapped Make, away. Making, making y'all listen to us for so long. We'll never do it again. <laughs> you got any 10-second advice? Yeah, you know what? I was thinking about my advice today. My yeah, advice good, is... Finally. Hey, <laughs> my advice is... If you're able to, don't skip breakfast. Because I used to do this thing where I would yeah. be always running, running late. You know, in a rush, I would always just skip breakfast. Just have my coffee and you know just have my lunch later but honestly like if you have the time breakfast really makes a difference with your energy levels i think i think a light breakfast you gotta a keep light it light. breakfast you gotta right. keep it light i think yeah, sometimes i have a food coma when i have a hot heavy breakfast yeah some some of you cookie monsters be having goddamn quadruple quadruple omelet pancakes <laughs> i'm talking about myself sometimes what the hell is that what's the quadruple omelet pancake you know what it is uh. <laughs> real well <laughs> <laughs> no but i think a nice light breakfast a nice little cereal ball, cereal ball or what's two, your so advice <laughs> my advice um respect life if if you treat life good life is gonna treat you good if you see some trash on the ground pick it up right if you see somebody having trouble pumping air in their tire help them out right if you see somebody s- stuck in a hole help them up all right we got it. You do you do good and and life life will bless you. Right. All right. So it. that is our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Also, if you want some last minute holiday goodies, go on labyrinthapp.com for your for your holiday goodies. You need something for your mom. Yeah. <laughs> you need something for your pops, for your dog, 
for your newborn son. I don't have anything for your for your dog really, unless you like mugs or something, <laughs> or like <laughs> nice mug. art for him to look at. Yeah. But you can use code thanks, thanks 15, fifteen to get fifty percent off your off order. order. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram at difficultish. Our TikTok at difficultish podcast. And at follow Mushun at Mushun He needs the follows. <laughs> I don't <laughs> need the follows. I will appreciate them. But all I'm, right, and follow right. me if you'd like at Labyrinth Ave. We love you guys, and Allah Hafiz. <laughs>